Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Movie Talk. Today we are discussing IPIC filing for bankruptcy and what that might mean for luxury theaters out there. On top of that, we are going in depth on that Eternals casting story from yesterday. Gemma Chan and Barry Keown are in talks to join the cast of the film, which is already epic. That cast list is down to the floor. I don't understand how they can add any more, but hopefully Coy will explain that to us. Hi, Coy. How you doing? Happy to see you. And Haley, you brighten my day every time oh, we sit at so this desk sweet. or at the witching hour desk. I, I mean it. I love you. I mean it. I like your shirt quite Thanks. a bit. Coy, I like yours Always too, but look, look what's on her shirt right now. Like, I mean, yeah. I understand. No bias. I understand. <laughs> All right. We got a lot of stuff to hit today, and we definitely want to save some time for live chat questions because there might have been some breaking information on Disney <laughs> Plus out there. If you have questions about that, put it in the live chat. We want to talk about it at the end of the episode. But first, we got to kick off the conversation with that IPIC story. So as reported by Variety, IPIC Entertainment, the luxury theater chain that helped popularize the concept of dine-in movie going, has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. It hopes to restructure its debt and has engaged investment banker PJ Solomon to pursue a possible sale. So, Coy, you were a former IPIC all-star, not even employee. You were an all-star. So what does that given- mean? You I'm can very tell that story. Okay. <laughs> he describes it in a way, and I could totally picture Koi like zipping around being a total pro at that okay, job. Okay. So I really love IPIC. I have a I have a fondness. I don't work there anymore, so I can say this without any bias. They're not telling me to say this, but uh, they were a great company to work for. They I love the managers over there. I worked at the one in Pasadena. I love the co- corporate structure. I am an IPIC fan, and I still attend. But when I worked there, I was so good at it okay. uh, because it's it's a dine-in theater, so you approach the guest and you talk to them about what they want to eat and you have to be very careful of the movie playing and you also have to be mindful of when they might need stuff but also while the movie's playing and in my case think about like if you ever worked in a restaurant you get like triple sad it's hell because you get a bunch of tables at once 
no one goes to the movie early. Everyone gets there on time. So you get like 30 set. So I was able to like process the orders enough and keep up to 30 to 40 credit cards on me. You're not supposed to. I'm sorry. I pick. But I, I'd be able to. You basically just process all of these things at once. But since my brain's so loud, it was like Zen. I found this meditative state of like, I'm going to take these 10. Remember all their orders. Go to that row. Get those 10 of orders. I'm going to bring these drinks and those drinks. By the time that's out, the app's up. By the time I'm done bringing the app's out, food's up. And it was a cool way to process like thought. So the eight hour shifts went by like that because I didn't have time to think about my own shit. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a great place <laughs> to basically be free of the world. What I liked about IPIC was that you were watching a movie and you're so invested, then food appears before you. You get popcorn, you get a blanket, you get a pillow. It's the ultimate in like idealized comfort because there's nothing I love more than movies than movies with food. So uh, it was really cool to work there because I got to give that to people. I got to be like, yo, best day ever, what up? Um, and I was really good at it. So I'm pretty sure we just isolated what IPIC's main problem is, and it's that they didn't have enough coys. Yeah. Yeah. There were, weren't struggle. enough coys to serve the crowd, no. Um, this could be a big issue going forward. So I don't want to make more of this than it really is because ultimately I pick at 16 locations. So there aren't all that many people out there who are directly affected by what's happening to I pick right now, even though the CEO did say they're going to keep things operational for a bit. But with the rise of streaming services, again, big Disney Plus announcement now, and also the fact that when iPick first started off its practices, it was kind of new with dine-in uh, movie going, luxury recliners, and now every theater out there, or at least most theaters, I think, yeah. have these luxury re- recliners, so... What do you think that this could signal for the future of movie movie going? Because I was telling you a little bit before, I see it as being like going like this, like streaming services at home, a lot of people over there, and then like a smaller and smaller amount of people are just doing luxury movie going over here. I I think people have been like foretelling doom and gloom of movie theaters since I've worked in movie theaters. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's they have long legs and there will always be like at least some movie theaters. I don't see them going the way of like Warehouse or Tower Records, you know, um, which is to say sadly gone. Mm. But um, I think that I do agree very much with the increased presence in streaming and digital releases and... You know, theater owners have really held out this fight to make sure of these release windows. And there's just no way that's going to hold forever. That dam will eventually break. And that's, I think, we're going to finally see maybe if if it's going to shake out like you think. If That's when we're going to see what the real cost is for theaters, basically, <laughs> is when people are like, I want to watch Endgame. I can do it at home. It'll cost me $50, but I can do it right now. Can I refine my prediction really quickly? Yes. Okay, so further explaining, because you put another little idea in my head that I wasn't really thinking about before. So what I think theater going is going to wind up being for movies is only high price luxury for the biggest of the big movies. So we're going to wind up prioritizing the Avengers Endgames and the Lion Kings of the world. Mm -hmm. And then most other things are going to be relegated to at-home viewing, which is not the worst thing in the world because I was telling you guys earlier too, I just bought a fancy new soundbar. I might not be able to get it to work, (laughs) but there's a lot of fancy things out there to ensure that at-home viewing is also with high picture and audio quality, which is a good thing. But with the release window too, we can't forget that these streaming services are going to start buying movie theaters. And I think Mm. that while they don't necessarily have big chains under their umbrellas, we're going to see a small section of movie theaters staying alive through luxury movie-going opportunities. We're going to see a big section staying alive with streaming services and at-home viewing. And then that's going to be the next thing to change the game when Netflix, Apple... 
you know, uh, Disney may be, oh God, I can't believe I just said that. Disney buying its own theater chain. I don't think that's allowed. Is it not? I'm pretty sure there are laws against that. So if there is a law against Disney as being like a major motion picture company to not buy its own theater chain, but we can still have Netflix buy a theater as they just bought the Egyptian. Because Disney also has the El Capitan. I'm not sure the exact law, but I do think that this came up uh, maybe last year or something. When we were talking about the the Egyptian deal, we talked about how there's certain restrictions. But as we were talking, we talked, actually, the three of us talked about when the Egyptian deal happened. That, yeah, this just (laughs) happened again. Uh, I think that there will always be movie theaters. I think it's a very important part of our culture. I think that human beings forget we're hive-minded. We feel things when we're in a group. We feel this rush, the endorphins, the things we get from experiencing things together. There's a reason Burning Man exists. It's dope. Uh, there's, a, there's a reason we like to do things as a community. You don't get the same rush no matter how great your sound system yeah. is, no matter how big your TV is, being at home with two people as you get with being in a theater with 200 people. It's not the same and it never will be. So I think there will always be some – if I stop believing in the middle class, I'm – I give up. So I think there'll always be an AMC. I think there'll always be a Regal. I think there'll always be a chain of people that can see movies almost affordably. Uh, and I think that the movie subscription service is going to come into play. I think AMC A-List is, is the way things are going. I think those subscription services might tie into streaming services. I think that's what's going to happen next is you're going to see Disney Plus is like, yo, what if we own everything and we release everything? You what up? They might <laughs> team up with the subscription service. So it's like five bucks more. You get to be also in the movies. I think there's going to be an alley-oop kind of like HBO Max is doing where you get to add on mm-hmm. something and you go to somewhere because we need to do things as a unit we're already in our phones and not talking if we take away movie theaters we just don't exist around each other so i refuse to think that's a reality I, like maybe my grandkids will be that dystopian future and live ready player one but i won't <laughs> i like your mentality and i'm rooting for that but i i keep thinking yes the communal viewing is very important and i never want to lose that but I just think, like, we live and breathe this every single day. I just think about the casual person who maybe can only see three or four movies a year, and maybe they're not thinking so much about the importance of the communal experience, and it's more it's more affordability and convenience, which basically kind of tips the scale in the other direction to me. There's also, I mean, piracy is a real thing that people can pretty much watch any movie online in decent quality the weekend it comes out, and yet movie theaters are still doing all right i mean okay. they they have those options mm-hmm. already they're not legal but uh, i think we know that a lot of people don't necessarily care about that don't pirate stuff pay people but you know it's it is a thing that's accessible and movie st- theaters are still fri- thriving why can't i talk today i'm so sorry everyone <laughs> um but i i actually agree i'm i'm very much in agreement movie theaters are are sticking around theater yeah. you know has lasted how long and we also we we evolve as a culture with our art and it has to like when Napster came out he's like music's done and we had to like we had to change what we thought that was yeah. so Napster evolved into Kaza and all those things and then that turned into hey now festivals are the shit because they have to be because artists need to sell shirts and merch and all those things so we went from albums where you had 13 songs that five were good to now you have to make singles and those singles might get released as a single or go on Spotify so no one listens to a whole album, album anyway so we evolved with music music to support the artists with concerts and festivals and art still exists and always will. I think the movie theater chains will just have to find their thing that makes it approachable because Napster didn't end music and this will streaming will not end movie theaters. Okay. And- briefly around the table. I don't want to cut you off. So before I'm going to ask this and then come back to that okay. before we close out the section ish, because I also have live chat questions. I have a whole list of things I want to hit in this topic. Um, if you were to make one prediction for the future of the theater industry, what would it be and why? 
Well, I guess that was kind of what I was going to say. Oh, perfect. Which is that I think you are on to the important part, which is leaning into community and the mm-hmm. sense of community and shared experience, which is why I think something like Alamo is so successful. is because they create a, a community of film goers that, that feel, you know, they've, they invest in that togetherness. There's a film festival attached to it. It's, it's a whole part of this, like, Alamo family. And when they ran into Scandal, they... They doubled down on that community. They didn't run away from it. They went face first towards their fans, to their Alamo family, and said, what do we need to do to make this right? How do we fix things? Huge bullet point list of everything we're doing. Um, I I think that that is what's going to make at least little things like I pick more successful. I think that AMC is going to always kind of be AMC. Yeah. But for, for these niche brands i think it's all about building that sense of well where am i gonna go of course i'm gonna go to alamo that's where i feel at home it's my home away from home i agree i definitely think we're never gonna live in a world where movie theaters don't exist i think there's opportunities for a company like an alamo to continue to thrive but i do think we are gonna hit a point in the near-ish future when the biggest of the big companies like the regals and the amc maybe start to lose locations Mm-hmm. I don't think they're ever going to go away, but I do think they are going to hit a very, very rough patch, and it's right around the corner now. My theory is that subscription services like AMC are going to be the standard. I think that that's we're already seeing that. I think MoviePass was the first thing to stumble and fall, but it lasted longer than it should have. Uh, <laughs> and I think that we're going to see a lot more companies that are going to branch out. And my, my big theory is that we're going to see Disney Plus add on a $5 or $10 thing a month where you can see a certain amount of movies. I think everything is going to become these giant conglomerates, and subscriptions are going to branch out into live as well as home. You're already seeing your stuff hubs and your your concert going venues where you can buy a certain amount of bulk things i think we're going to see subscription and bulk services for movie theaters because that's such an important part of the community like that'll never go away that now i have to keep talking about this because that's an interesting (laughs) thing that you just brought up and that kind of gets around the issue that i brought up earlier with disney maybe wanting wanting and not being allowed Mm -hmm. to buy its own theater chain but that's that's the smart way you get a five dollar ticket off for a movie ticket you do that on a larger scale you change the way the money is run you probably avoid some monopoly laws just the the bundle idea that they're talking about today for Disney Plus, if at some point in the future, a bundle also included a ticket per month, if not more, or whatever deal they work up, that's I don't know. That sounds like it could I, I be a real possibility. Bundles and subscription services, I think, are the future because that's the thing that's proven working in all arts right now. And I think that's where we're at as a, as a culture. So I think that's the only way to keep them alive to the scale we're at. I do think we'll downsize the number of movie theaters, but I don't think it'll ever be as bad as the naysayers are. And I do think people are comfortable being at home, but I think there's enough of us to keep them alive. All right. Let's hit one question from the chat really quickly before moving on. Zeno Hour is asking, Bob Iger announced that Home Alone, Cheaper by the Dozen, Night at the Museum, and Diary of a Wimpy Kid are getting rebooted slash reimagined for Disney Plus. Good idea or bad idea? Eh. I mean, why not? I, I know. Sure. I think, I think that's kind of my mentality, too. They are all familiar brands. Yeah. It's a streaming service that's just starting off. So I can understand at that point with something new, leaning on your old properties that already have a built-in audience. Well, yeah. uh, we were just talking before, like the live-action movies. It was I think it's the last nine that made $7 billion in theaters. So why not have a home version of that? Why not have properties that are a little smaller but are still iconic, like Home Alone, like Cheaper by the Dozen? And then you have your kids being like, I can't live without Disney+. Plus. 
So you give them, you know, their their first taste for free, like a good dealer, and then you <laughs> hook them in. Really creepy and right then, now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. I think that's what they're doing is they're they're bringing in the, the that audience to make them want this this app service. And I think those names are all name recognition, but not maybe big enough to have a theatrical release. I think yeah. I want. I kind of want the Home Alone one. I would love the Home Alone really movie about it. I kind of want it. All right. Before we move on to the Eternals, which is our second topic for the day, we got to remind you about some super cool content coming to the Collider video channel. Guess what? It's a show that Koi is on. Here's your <laughs> promo for Collider Heroes. Hi, I'm Amy Dallin, one of the hosts of Collider Heroes. And starting right now, you can catch our show at a new time and format. We're coming at you Tuesday nights with a new shorter Collider Heroes and a longer Collider Heroes podcast where Koi and I are going to talk your ears off. You already know that's coming. So make sure to go to YouTube, subscribe, and find us on the Collider Heroes podcast feed for all of that sweaty goodness. Guess what? That's not the only show uh, with Koi on it that I'm going to plug right now. We also have a really cool upcoming episode of uh, Comic Book Shopping because there is a Brightburn fan art contest that you can learn all about on Collider.com right now. And the thing is, the star of the movie, Jackson Dunn, he's going to pick the winner of that contest. Not only is he going to pick the winner himself, he's going to do it on an upcoming episode of Comic Book Shopping. The whole thing is crazy to me. I'm so excited about this idea. So be sure to go over to Collider.com and Enter your art over there and then keep an eye out for a new episode of comic book shopping. All right. Story number two. We're going to Eternals. As reported by our very own Jeff Snyder the other day, Barry Keown is in negotiations to join the cast of Marvel's The Eternals. Additionally, Gemma Chan is also in talks to join the movie. Keown's role remains unknown, and it's unclear whether Chan will be reprising her role as Minerva from Captain Marvel or if she'll be playing an entirely different character within the same cinematic universe. First off, Haley, Gemma Chan, Barry Keown, what do you think of the two of them as actors? We we touched on this a little bit yesterday. I think they're both phenomenal. So I, this cast is shaping up to be ridiculous, as Marvel casts tend to do. You're always just like, another one? I remember the Black Panther casting process was just like every news story. And I think they kept breaking on my shifts, so I kept being like, are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, this feels the same. Just like one, are you kidding me, after another. I... I I feel concern for my, my love for Don Lee that he will not Aww. get the screen time that he deserves, but I'm, I'm going to pray that he does not get Scott Adkins, that he does not get <laughs> Frank Grillo, that he's not another uh. great action star that's kind of wasted in these Marvel movies. I'm a little disappointed in that response because you had a whole minute to bring up spaghetti and you didn't. Well, I don't like to talk about it, Perry. <laughs> It is a really, really disturbing. It, it is a really irritating. Do you know what we're talking about? No. You must go see Killing of a Sacred you Deer. You'll never look at pasta the same oh, way again. Oh, that's my fear. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I love it's Colin Farrell so much. I don't need the darkness. I'm just going to leave it's the traumatic. mystery out there oh, for you boy. now and move on to another point that uh, Haley just made. Well, actually, I have two questions for you, Koi. First, who do you think the two of them might be playing? Because we don't know right now. And then two, is... Is there any possibility to have all of these names in an Eternals movie and have every single character get their their time in the spotlight to have a complete arc? So one, uh, I actually have no idea who either could be playing because the Eternals cast is so unlike their like Sama Hayek is playing a male character in the comics. So the the way they cast this is so like this is the actor's perspective on what this character is going to be, which I really like because I'd rather see something that's more 
surprising and flavorful and different. So I, I can't fan cast the Eternals, one, because they're so freaking weird and crazy, but two, because the way they've cast this so far, there's nothing that's like a linear path. Uh, and then to your second point, the Eternals is so big that I absolutely could see this being an epic, like a, sans, a Sandals and Swords movie, where you've got an ensemble cast like your Troy or, or something where there's a lot of giant actors that all get their arcs to shine, and then you look at the big ensemble moments of like, whoa, they're all here. So I feel like there will be a lot of big swaths of actors and cast, and I do think most will get their time to shine, but I'm worried about Brian Tyree Henry. He's my, uh, okay. uh, he's like, I want to make sure he gets his time. But uh, I think these these characters will probably not be amongst that first ring of leads. I think they'll be supporting leads, and I do feel like it's going to be a lot to juggle, but I think if there's any ensemble, it's the Eternals because the comics are so dense. So who who are the leads in your eyes right now? For this movie, um, Richard Madden, yes. Angelina Jolie. I think Selma Hayek's going to have a lot of time on screen and like surprise a lot of people. I think she's going to. I think she's going to be an important through line, whether or not it's screen time or importance of time. Um, I think Brian Tyree Henry's going to pop up in important ways, but not have enough screen time for me. Uh, and I never do th- enough. never enough. There's never <laughs> enough Brian Tyree Henry. It's true. Um, so I think those are like kind of your four main. Yeah, those okay. guys. Okay. I'm really excited for uh, Leah McHugh, too, because you know how much I love the movie The Lodge, and that's the first thing I've ever seen her in, and I've seen it twice now, and she's great in it. So big opportunity for a very young actor. So I hope I hope she gets a big part in it, too. The cast is incredible, and, and seeing them all on stage, that, that's also the thing about casting this caliber of actor is them just standing on stage. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, there's the movie. So they don't necessarily need a lot of screen time. If they have an amazing moment, then we don't see them another 30 minutes. They come back. We trust in these performances. We trust in the actors. We trust in the roles. When you cast Angelina Jolie, you know that it's going to be a powerhouse moment, whether or not it's 20 moments or five. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we're, we're in good hands with all these actors. All right. I've got a double dose of Rick Morris questions right now. This first one, if Gemma Chan is cast as an Eternal, will people be salty about it or will a casual fan not notice her being blue once? She looks so different as the Minerva. Like, it's going to be very easy to have her not play Minerva, but I kind of hope she is playing Minerva. Personally, like, selfishly, I want to see more of that character than we got in Captain Marvel, so I'd love to see that connectivity between Captain Marvel and the Eternals. I'd love to see the scope of what that character gets to do, and they had to do a lot with a little bit of time in Captain Marvel. I'd love to flesh her out here if she is Minerva. I think casual fan, like, if I think my mom, she would never know. (laughs) She would have no idea, you know? There's not a chance she'd be like, that's that blue woman from Captain Marvel. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, it's the internet. Of course people are going to be salty. What are they not salty about? I think I kind of lean towards wanting her to play Minerva for the reasons you just said. It's like, that was one of the coolest set visits I've ever done. And when you see her just, like, standing there in all the blue makeup and everything. And she's also such a great actor that I just wanted to see her do a lot in the role and you know she got a good amount of screen time but mostly as a background player to uh you know to to brie larson and to jude law and i wanted to see her be in the spotlight a little more than she was so if they flesh the character out more i would be all for that rather than introducing someone new at this point yeah i agree all right one more question here from rick samoris who wants to know what is your best and worst experience in a luxury theater oh think i've had a bad one unless you know like someone in the theater was being a d-bag that yeah. happens yeah that, there's always that variable i'm actually really happy that i can't think of a bad yeah, one either no. yeah I, I i good or like you know the the a magic appearance of booze that you just ordered at the exact moment <laughs> you need it uh i love like whiskey and movies so if i can do that in public that's way more exciting uh and then 
I, yeah, the, the, the expectations of people's divahood escalates in, in nice theaters. Like, people are more entitled in nice theaters, so I, I definitely and they're have already very entitled yeah. at movie theaters. Just, so, like, the entitlement yeah. being an exponential increase Ooh. of problems is I, I encounter more problematic people the nicer the theater is, uh, and I also avoid that for certain movies. Like, I won't see a Fast and the Furious movie in a nice theater. I'll drive to Chatsworth. Like, I'll I'll go around, like, the people that'll care, because I don't <laughs> want to see someone like, meh, too many explosions. So, like, it's, it's, it's all in the flavor of the movie you're going for. Uh, I would single out a lovely waitress whose name I never got at, at Alamo during Fantastic Fest last year who was very kind to keep me stocked with tea while I was very sick and, and honeys and lemons, and she was wonderful. I've so, got to give the draft house a, a shout-out, too, because I'll just never forget my very first South by Southwest in Austin and my very first time in the Ritz Theater, just because... I think at that point in my life, I had never done the dine-in experience mm. or like quite to that extent and also being of age and being able to order booze and stuff. But I just had like nailed that process by the end of the trip. And, you know, I mean, you know, my tradition, <laughs> I always end the South by Southwest with like an epic boozy milkshake along yes. with an entire cookie sampler. Oh. And then by the time I get to the airport, I just go into food coma and sleep the mm, entire flight home. Perfect. It's it's a genius idea that nobody else should ever try in their lives. Well, it will make you're sick. Dangerous thing about Fantastic Fest is they're only in those theaters. <laughs> so from morning to night, you can order whatever the hell you like during your movies. Have and you ever gotten the cookie beautiful. sampler? I, I'm not a sweets sweets girl, but I, I roll real hard on their pizzas, my dear. Okay, real that, hard. That is, that is a pass in my book because yeah. they have excellent pizza there. I've never been to an Alamo Draft House. <gasps> Oh, you we must. can change yeah. that. I, I plan to very that. soon. I have never been. I'm very excited. Oh, we need to go. We need to go downtown and go to an Alamo Draft House real soon. We just my, need to do that anyway. Yeah, I know. I'm so, so excited. My yeah. first luxury movie theater experience was with Riddick, uh, and that was a very that was a bold choice for my first ever one. But I loved that so much that I'm afraid to rewatch Riddick because I had the best time. <laughs> that movie, like, and that's the thing about movie theaters is for me Riddick is an A plus, and it certainly can't be. But since I was so comfortable and lavish, and it was my first mm-hmm. time, and that's something you can't get at home because you know what your living room's like. All right. Another another point for theater going and not watching at home. I like that. Let's hit one more question before we have to say goodbye. This one comes from Ken McDowell, who's asking, do you guys believe the Eternals will have the cultural impact that the Avengers have? Tall freaking order. Man. Yes. I, I don't know what, like, I don't know if Marvel will be able to repeat the cultural impact that they had. I think that it will be something unexpected in the way that the MCU was unexpected that comes along next to change sort of the landscape of cinema the way that did. I think it won't be as impactful on movies as it will be impactful on persons. I think this movie will help a lot of people see themselves as heroes. I think it's going to be more culturally impactful to individuals. I think it's going to do well. I think it's going to change the way the MCU goes. But nothing's ever going to be the first time you bring five heroes together in the way with three different sets of movie franchises that lean out and come back and lean out in a perfect web of 23 movie chronology. Like (laughs) That's not a thing you do again. But I do think that individuals watching the movie, it's going to do gangbusters internationally it's going to find a different type of audience and i think it can be a little more 
personal than the Avengers, because when you look at a character like Captain America or Iron Man or Scarlet Witch or Black Widow or any of these characters, you've got an association with them. You've got a strong through line if you're a comic fan, whereas the Eternals, I know way less about and the average moviegoer is going to go next to nothing about. So you can feel more like them. You're not going to be looking for their choices they make as a character. You're going to be watching the Eternals with different sets of eyes. So I think it's going to be more impactful for individuals in their own journey through watching it. I don't think there's any better way to end this episode of Movie Talk. Guys, thank you so much for being here today. Coy Haley, you guys are the best as always. Adam in the booth, thank you for your hard work. Dorian, we're so happy to have you in the studio today. Thank you for everything. Guys, to everybody out there, as always, do not forget to like and share this episode of Movie Talk and then tune back in tomorrow, 3 p.m. PT live for a brand new one. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831 it's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and you already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Babu, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify.